Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast on our website at forcefanpodcast.com and on your favorite podcast app. You're off to something. If you come with us, you're in this life for good. Who are these guys? What do you think? Well, what do you know? You might want to buckle up, baby. Inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Fans of the Force Podcast. Thanks for listening, Star Wars fans. It's another thrilling, exciting episode of Fans of the Forest Podcast. I am your host tonight, John K. Frederick, and with me are Cat Ray and Adrian. What hey up, guys. everybody? And tonight we have a very special guest. In fact, we'll eventually have two special guests <laughs> uh, as Matt is on his way. But who else is joining us tonight, Adrian? Uh, this is my very good friend and colleague, Joseph. Very good friend, yes. yes. Joseph, hey, what's up, guys? Why are you being weird hey. about it, man? <laughs> 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 yeah, this is this is my buddy, Joe. We uh, we work together. We're old friends from high school. Uh, yeah. Introduce yourself, man. Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, all right, so, yeah, my name is Joe. Um, I'm, a, like, a, pretty into Star Wars. More as, like, a casual fan. Haven't really gone into the extended universe so i think uh like, like i can bring in maybe like a like a mainstream viewer perspective cool there you go thanks for joining us yeah thanks for uh being our guest tonight i have one important question to ask you before we get started um joe where are you going with that gun in your hand <laughs> you don't carry a gun around well i mean I, i'm it's it's more of a classic rock a uh, song reference, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, wait, no, I'm so, I, I, I got the reference. I'm like, oh god, yeah, Joe. Joe lives under a rock for the most okay. part, and, and not a classic. I'd be very rock, impressed. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, yeah. it's a Jimi Hendrix song based on an older song uh, that uh, was very popular in the late '60s, uh, called "Hey Joe," and uh, you should listen to it at some point. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I I watched that crash as as you were saying, and I'm like, that's a good show. That's all right. It just shows our age difference. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll listen to the song. We'll redo that, <laughs> uh, or not. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about today. As I mentioned, uh, we'll have uh, Matt Keating as our special guest later on, as well, our additional guest at least, and. Um, in the meantime, yeah, boy, we, we've got a lot to cover. We've got some Star Wars news, and we're going to have, finally, our solo discussion as our main topic. But before we get to that, Cat Ray, what do we have for our Galactic Geek Out? All right, just a few pieces of news for our Galactic Geek Out this week. The first being that uh, on the day that Solo premiered, The Hollywood Reporter broke the news that James Mangold, the director of Logan, is set to write and direct the ever-rumored Boba Fett movie. 
But this is currently unconfirmed by Lucasfilm. Discuss. It's been unconfirmed? I thought it was like an official announcement. I have yet to Did see an official announcement about Boba Fett. There, yes, there has been nothing official from Lucasfilm. Interesting. At all. About yeah. Boba Fett or the director? About, about Boba a Boba Fett movie about, in pre-production or anything. In Who would direct it? Yes. Supposedly, oh, lie to me. supposedly the script has been languishing around in a basement somewhere, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I say it should maybe sort of stay in the basement for the time being. Maybe that's just me, unpopular opinion, perhaps. I I really like Boba Fett, but like, why do you like Boba Fett? Okay, okay. More Jango Fett. Boba Fett in the original trilogy, you know, he looked cool, and I think that's why people really right. liked him. But, like, he was, he was, like, the menacing, like, hitman, like, yeah, I'll get it done. Freeze Han Solo. And then he goes out like a punk-ass bitch. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Boba Fett? Boba, Boba Fett? What? Where? Boba Fett? Whoa! That's pretty much how he goes yeah. out. But uh, He's like John Wick, but a John Wick that doesn't do anything. I think people like the idea of Boba Fett, not so much Boba Fett. That's a that's a good observation. Yeah. <laughs> we can be friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, so currently totally unconfirmed. I mean there so it's being reported as fact, although there has been no press release from Lucasfilm. So I don't know if you want to read into the silence, you know, the fact that they aren't denying it outright. Um, no, didn't didn't they recently deny what it was a Boba Fett movie, right? Didn't they come out and say no, no, no? It was not Boba Fett. It was Lando. Right, uh, Kathleen yes. Kennedy right. was interviewed by a French publication, mm-hmm. and her comments got somehow turned into, "Oh, Lando's going to be the next spinoff," and right. then almost immediately, Lucasfilm was like, "Nah, that's not correct." Okay, so All right. You're right. if you want, <laughs> if if you follow the the saying that silence speaks volumes, you know, n- them not denying it, there might be something there. Much but... much like the Obi-Wan film that's Yes, that's exactly. About as well. <laughs> so thoughts on the Obi-Wan movie? Yeah, um, I think they should have started with that one first. Hmm. Interesting. I personally have thoughts about how both of these movies could potentially tie in with Solo, but we can talk about that yeah. later. I no, I I mean that's that's obviously something that that could be connect, there's connections on both of those potential projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty mm-hmm. obvious connections once you've seen Solo as well. Um but I, I'm right. I'm I'm starting to evolve my thinking on what would be um, a good next course for the Star Wars franchise. And I think okay. the constant rehashing of characters that we know and love and put them in new situations and stuff like that is probably a direction they should tread lightly and, and give us mm-hmm. more new characters that we don't know set in the same universe. I th- yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally. Think, I think, you know, because Rogue One worked so well 
because it was mm-hmm. all new characters and we didn't really know how things were going to go. I mean, we knew a big part of the plot, <laughs> obviously, you know, like they want. Right. Um, but we, <laughs> we didn't know how they were going to get from A to B. Right. Um, and with, with Solo, now that we've seen that, it's like, well, we know we don't have to worry about him dying because he's going to be in these movies and, and same with that character and that <laughs> character and, and these people are new and they'll probably die off and all that stuff. Well, well, hey, let's, before even, we get even too much... Even then, though... Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, let's put a pin in this real quick because that will tie into... Another bit of news, right. okay. potentially, All right. um, that we can move on to, which is, <laughs> tying in with us, which is the state of the solo box office. Uh, according to a right. New York Times article that came out literally like an hour ago, mm-hmm. um, so this is like hot off the press, um, the current global total for solo is $264.2 million. Which is much lower than all of the other Star Wars movies that have been released in the Disney era. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't actually know how much the production costs to make with the directorial changes. Um, it could be anywhere between people bandy about numbers like 200 to $400 million. But Lucasfilm has never actually put a number on it. So it's hard to say. They shot two movies, basically. So yes, yeah. So <laughs> I saw an, inter- but but I I saw an ahead. interesting post on Facebook, and I didn't do any fact checking. So if this is egregiously wrong, uh, just send me hate mail because I love hate mail. Uh, but it said <laughs> in in context no of other franchises, Ant Man made fifty seven million its opening weekend. Doctor Strange made eighty-five million its opening weekend. Captain America made really? sixty-five million its opening weekend, and Thor opened with sixty-five million. And um, not only did all these movies get sequel, um, but um, Marvel's management hasn't changed either. And there's a lot of outcrawl for Star Wars's management to change, Lucasfilm management to change. Ugh. Yeah. Um, those numbers were they domestic or worldwide? Because uh, what was it? The two hundred some million figure was worldwide. Worldwide. Right. Yeah. Yes, that was that was the global yeah. global total according to this article. And I think the numbers you're referring to, John, I think those are domestic. I think you're right. Yeah, domestic. I think you're right. I think so. They sound domestic. Yeah. But but um, but still, the domestic gross for Solo's opening uh, weekend was was over. Hundred million was it? One hundred and two. That was in that was in the yeah. hundreds. Yeah, um, yeah. And they it were was hoping for like fifteen. Yeah. I think, and they were hoping for one hundred and thirty or one hundred and forty, right? So I mean, yeah, the movie Ish. still did really freaking good. It's just like, not as good you... as the other Star Wars films. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you if you take it out of the Star Wars context, it it's already made what a lot of movies. Doing their entire lifetime That's in a the theater. Right. Mm-hmm. For a Star Wars movie, yeah, it's it's slow. I don't like calling it a bomb because it is still it is going to make it a profit, a small profit. Yeah, but it is relatively, really, really low compared to other films. And it was in the Ron franchise. Howard's biggest opening box off week box office weekend in any movie. Yeah, he's ever I, made. I saw <laughs> him tweet about that. Yeah. So congratulations, Ron. Talk Good about job. a glass half full. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it but to tie into our our earlier, just earlier discussion about the rumored Boba Fett spinoff is these numbers could given that solo's underperforming um even though i think people expected it not to perform as well in general but that it's it's not even meeting kind of those lowered expectations do do we think that this could potentially cause lucasfilm to reevaluate these potential spin-offs <laughs> nope. if they are doing boba fett and or obi-wan nope nope you don't think like so Really? Like, like I'm sure they're at least, may, maybe not a change in management, but at least, like, reconsidering uh, what, what they're doing. Maybe more oversight uh, on what's going on. Like, what do you mean by oversight? I, I don't know. Maybe have some people from Marvel take a look at what's, what LucasArts, LucasFilms is doing. Like, they're doing very well. Marvel's gone so good. Yeah, but you're remembering, you're, you're forgetting that a... Uh, Phase one of the Marvel, though, they they struggled for a while. They did. I mean, John just read off some good numbers there with the first Captain and Thor movies. Um, I mean, I think it's fair to say that, you know, Marvel has just hit the 10-year mark, whereas Star Wars kind of coming back into the movie business is now only at the three-year mark. So there's definitely going to be some growing pains like Marvel in that sense. Like, yes, the star Wars franchise as a whole has been around longer, but the new movies, the quote unquote Disney era is, has not been around for so long. No, so you're absolutely right. I think there's right. bound to be some ups and downs yep. and some growing pains that come along with that. Yep. And also, uh, honestly, go ahead, Adrian. Uh, honestly, I, I, I think like the biggest issue facing solo Okay, people are talking about Last Jedi Backlash. People are talking about not Harrison Ford, Han Solo. I think that's a very, very small percentage of people that have that big of an issue with the movie. Mm-hmm. Think think about all the other movies, right? Star Wars, uh, Force Awakens, and Last Jedi. We got, a, we got a trailer about a year before the movie yeah. came out. The awareness was there. Rogue One, we got the first trailer, I think, three months before the movie mm-hmm. came out. Uh... Three months before Solo... Everybody was still, when are we getting a trailer? Like the hardcore right. fans that were aware right. of it. The more casual fans that don't have a Star Wars geek in their life <laughs> just weren't in the loop. So I had people who I, I told them, yeah, I'm going to the new Star Wars movie tomorrow. Say, there's another new Star Wars movie? <laughs> they had there no idea. They had no idea. Like if I wasn't friends with you, like I would have known there was a solo movie till like I saw a preview for what was the last one we watched? Deadpool two, probably or Avengers or Avengers, something like that. Like they're already doing another Star Wars movie. Yeah, exactly. So Joe here is a perfect example of that. He happens to be friends with a Star Wars freak like me, and so he he's in the know for all that stuff. Right. You're yeah. Right. No, I I think you're you're totally right, Adrian. I think that's that that's something definitely that you can bullseye into. You know. I've been seeing that being shared around too. Like that's that same kind of thought, uh, thought path. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I feel personally like it's not 
just one factor. I mean, people talk about franchise fatigue. People talk about marketing. People talk about The Last Jedi backlash, whatever, boycott solo, which I would agree with you, Adrian. I think those numbers present a much more minor role than people think. But, you know, there's definitely, I think there's, there's several factors that are probably causing Solo to underperform. And it's not just going to be a quick, easy, like, oh, we needed to start on marketing early or, you know, whatever. I think it's, I think there are more confounding factors, not helped by the fact that it had severe production issues, which is probably also the major killer. Like if they hadn't had to reshoot 70% of the movie, they would have made back the budget by now. Like yeah. we wouldn't be talking about yeah. how it's quote unquote underperforming. Right. I so think you're right. also on the while while on the while on the reshoots too, people pe- I've been seeing that of being an uh, uh pushed around as yeah. an issue. Again, Ugh. most people aren't even aware that it went through a reshoot that huge. It the the, the reshoot issue is behind the scenes. Like you're right, because they basically shot two movies. Mm-hmm. It doubled their their budget essentially. Yeah. So of course it's going to make it harder for them to make it all back right away. Most people aren't going to think about that. They don't know. You're totally about right. So that's not going to be an issue for your average Joe. <laughs> and then to get to get back like to, to get back to the original question too, you know, I think it would be a travesty to be so reactionary about the box office of this film to really. Mm-hmm revise your whole 10 year plan or whatever, however long the plan is on based on, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, an impulse reaction to, to one film. I think, I think that the, right. the, the future of star Wars spoiler alert solo was a fun freaking movie, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that. Wait, are we doing we'll, we'll get into that huh? we- in a minute, you know, um, and for whatever reason, why it's why it's not performing, people are missing out on a fun ride. Um, and to to reevaluate and shake everything up that you're building and putting in place, so that ten years from now you can have a, a Marvel type franchise going with a Star Wars brand and banner, um, I think would just be a huge disservice to the groundwork the last three years have already paved. My opinion. It's not unheard of. Like if you look at the amazing Spider-Man series, it just, it took one bad film to like quell their hopes of a shared universe. Then what they do, they sold the rights to. They're sharing the rights with Marvel. for Sharing the rights. And now we have a new Spider-Man after one bad movie. The thing is that it was a total, it, it was a bad movie though. Like you, you, Again, I would argue it was right? three it's bad movies, based. but go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay, that's another another yeah. point too. Um, the thing the thing with the Amazing Spider-Man franchise specifically though is that with the second one, no one seems to like it like at all. So was, uh, something I like to do with these movies is I, I usually go with my family. Right, I like gauging my mom's reaction because she's as casual as casual as they come as far as yeah. fans go. Right. But she's also invested enough in like all these franchises and characters to enjoy them a little more than I think just like a very casual person. I remember her reaction to Amazing Spider-Man Two. She cried at the end with when Gwen died. Spoilers. Wait, what? But she says <laughs> I haven't she, seen it. Damn don't it. ruin it. 
<laughs> but like she didn't like years. the movie. <laughs> yeah. She didn't like yeah. the movie. Like at all. She's like, no, well, it was kind of weird and all over the place. But it was really sad at the end. I wanted them to be together. With Solo, I looked again, I, I looked at her, it's like, what do you think? And she said the same thing you did, John. That was a really fun movie. I liked it. That was a nice yeah. movie. And I'm like, exactly. I totally agree. That's what I expected. That's what I wanted. I think that's what a lot of people expected and wanted mm-hmm. too. Um, I, I, John, you shared that that sentiment, right? Yeah, yeah totally. With your absolutely. Yeah, that's what that's what I wanted for sure. I just wanted to have fun. Yeah. And critically, that seems to be the consensus too. I mean, if you go to like the Rotten Tomatoes, the IMDb's, it's not rated as a bad film like the Amazing Spider-Man franchise was, or the last one was anyway. I think the first one was... The first one was not... It was pretty good from what I remember. The first one was the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, but with a different villain and a well, slightly different suit. To, to, to come back to Star Wars from Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall... Yeah, overall, Star Wars has a much larger base to build from, I would say, as opposed to Spider-Man by itself. Mm. Um, So, you know, I think that will help. And I've seen some people online saying, like, this will become kind of the the Star Wars cult classic later yeah. as people will rediscover this <laughs> yeah. and be like, why, why did everybody pan this movie? Why didn't it make so much money? I hope you're right. You know? And it, so, I mean, I hope so too, but let's move on because I think the solo box office could, that could be a whole episode in and of itself. <laughs> Probably. Could. Um, let's, let's move on to a few more quick bits of news. Okay. Um, there have been, Two new book announcements that are both intriguing. Um, They announced that there will be a novelization for the Solo movie. It's going to be released September 4th and is going to be written by Mer Lafferty. And that actually... That's a made-up name. It's not. Well, maybe. It's a... Maybe it's her stage <laughs> name, but she will actually be the first woman to write a Star Wars novelization oh, cool. of a movie. All right which is kind of an interesting factoid. And then another book that is going to be released in October is Star Wars Women of the Galaxy by Amy Radcliffe, which is going to feature profiles on 75 female characters from the Star Wars universe. Oh, that's cool. So it looks like a coffee table book. It looks like it's going to be amazing. It's featuring art from female and non-binary artists, and it looks like it's going to kick butt. So I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, me too. More Star Wars, more better. Oh. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. I'll buy it. I'll read yeah. it. <laughs> um, and then lastly... Uh, Star Wars Celebration tickets went on sale to June 5th, and I was watching Twitter, and the VIP passes have already sold out. I think they sold out in some insane, like, two minutes or something like Dang, that. That's what people were saying. Wow. Two minutes? Yeah. Wow. Two minutes. Yeah. But that five-day passes- This is franchise fatigue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> franchise fatigue my foot. Um, but five day passes and single day passes are still available. So you can take yourself to starwarscelebration.com to buy tickets if you are interested. And that's it. Did you hear that Star Wars celebration? That was a free plug. You're welcome. 
Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you totally need you, free you plug. You need our free yeah, plug. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> nice cat. Thank you. Yeah. Well, let the people. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Help them out. We want all. We want all the awesome Star Wars fans to be at celebration. And we want Star Wars to stay to stay awesome too. Um, yep. Just a, right. a footnote to um, Galactic Geek Out. Um, I I really want to just add my quick comment on uh, the way um, Kelly Marie Tran has been harassed, I suppose, on social media, and um, you know that's something we definitely don't condone as as fans of the Force. And um, and Kelly, uh, you know, there's some bad eggs out there. Uh, but on this program, you're loved and respected and adored, and um, and you know, we hope that you know when when things kind of smooth out or whatever that you're back on social media and you know follow us because we're people who will send you <laughs> love and kudos. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted That's to right. put that out there, and and uh, you know anybody. No, thank you. John. Anybody who might have participated in in bashing her online. Um, Shame on you. I wag my finger at your direction. Totally. We don't. And on the off chance that uh, Kelly is listening, uh, will you take me to prom? prom (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Please go to prom with Adrian. Like, I mean, neither neither of us have been in high school for for like nine or ten years or whatever, but like we will track down a prom that's happening and crash it. Please. Yes. Please. I mean, thank you for saying that, John. And, you know, it never hurts to reiterate that uh, at Fans of the Force, we welcome all fans of Star Wars and do not condone any sort of abusive or harassing behavior towards the creators, the actors, voice artists, whoever that help bring us Star Wars. Because without them, we wouldn't have any of it. Heck, even the ushers in the theaters. all right well that wraps up our galactic geek out i say we just start charging head first right into uh what is so exciting to me our first review of another new star wars film (laughs) this one being solo a star wars story john get it out of your system brother go what am i supposed to get out of my system How excited you are for Solo. Oh, gosh, I'm crazy excited. No, this movie was <laughs> so much fun. I mean, I, I think as you look around social media, the people who enjoyed this film all collectively are sharing one adjective, um, and that is fun. In some form or fashion, everybody had fun watching this movie. Now, that's not to say that this is the perfect Star Wars film. It's not. Um, it Was it a movie that, I, I think maybe Cat Ray said this before, did this movie need, this story need to be told? Probably not. But are no. we glad they told it? Heck yeah, because they gave us twists that we weren't expecting. They gave us a lot of things, though, that we wanted. And there was a lot of fan service in this film. Um Yes, yes, there's some clunky parts. Yes, there's some things I didn't care for. Um, 
if I were, if you held a gun to my head and said, you know, out of the new Disney films, is this your favorite or least favorite? Probably put it toward the end of the, the ride there, you know? Um, but that's not to say, I don't think this was a great film and any bashing that this is getting is not deserved. Yeah. 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 All that. All that that and then some. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Podcast over. Okay. Uh, All right. Thanks, everybody. Later. (laughs) Adrian, tell the good people where they can find us. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They can can look it up. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, John, uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah. I don't want to be a negative Nazi here. Like, you guys are all having fun here and, like... Oh man, this is gonna hurt. Well, no, because I, thought, I agree no. though. There, there are rip, some negative the parts to this film, okay. and let's talk. Let's draw them out mm-hmm. there. Hold on. So, okay, so just to show you that you're not gonna be a negative Nancy, like John, I had a blast watching the movie. It is easily the weakest one that Disney has put out. I think. <gasps> what? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I, I, John. I think you enjoyed it a lot more than I did, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. There's some things in this movie that I just cannot. Every time I, every time I watch it, both times that I watched it, it just feels like a checklist to me. Hmm. Interesting. How it's, so? It's just one long. Right. So everybody had like their, okay, so going in, oh, we're probably going to see how he met Chewbacca and we're going to see how he won the Falcon from Lando and. That's pretty much what the movie did, right? It showed us everything like that, but it came up as a checklist just because of how much emphasis there were on these those things. Yeah. First shot of the movie, the dice. Boom. Checklist one, how he got the dice, or his dice. Like, there they are. Right. How he got his name, which was... Ugh. So, Probably so my low. least my least favorite part of the film. <laughs> that is Good luck, uh, Han Solo. Wink, yeah, wink. Yeah, that is that is easily my least favorite part of the film. It's like I no so I'm, really. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna break in real quick and just say that I I got a chuckle out of that. Um, but I do you guys remember? I think it was a quote from Larry Kasdan, or no, it, no, was, it wasn't. Wasn't it Bob Iger? It was Bob Iger. It was Iger. Yeah. Who I said? Of that who quote. said you're gonna find out? Yes, you're gonna find out how Solo got his name, and yep. everyone, including myself, like yep. I'm not trying to say that I was above this. Including myself was like, oh my god, like what do you think you're doing? Yeah. You know, yep. this is a terrible idea. Yep. But, but when that part came up, <laughs> I laughed because. I yeah, thought so I, it was funny. It, it it took, <laughs> because of that comment, it, it took me out of it. the film for a minute. It took me right out. And I'm going, I'm thinking of Bob frickin' Iger's quote. And I'm like, <laughs> you son of a beast gang. No. You ruined it a, a year and a half ago, you jerk. And then it took me a minute so to get back I, into the film. I do agree. It's, it was definitely way on the nose. But... If you were, if we're going off the the premise that, you know, Solo isn't his real last name, I don't know. I kind of thought this was a funny way to show how he he made his name, got his name, um, however the quote went. Um, So, I don't know. I was amused. Although I do think it was 
way too on the nose. Just in too, yeah. The Chewbacca name drop was just as problematic for me. Yeah. Oh, Chewy. It's like he uh, looks at the camera. Chewbacca. That's too That's it. Well, you need a nickname because I'm not saying that every time. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. you rascal. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I wonder yeah. what your nickname's going to be. Right. It's like, God. And like, uh, John, that's the perfect way of saying it. it. All those moments took me out of the movie. Yeah. They really, really did. Yeah. I, there definitely were, yeah, some of it is definitely, and I think Adrian, you, you put it the best, um, that, or somebody, um, you know, it's, it's a little, there are clunky moments and I don't know if that's a product of having to do reshoots, Mm -hmm. um, with the production change, but it's definitely, it, it didn't flow as well. I think as you know the other the other movies that we've seen so far that the fir- whole first act is a chore for me it really 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 is like the movie like the main plot doesn't really start up until they meet with Dryden that's when the real actual story starts everything before that is just setup and backstory yeah no setup, you're you're yeah. you're right you're totally right and and the same thing with like to take it to another franchise, all the Spider-Man films that rehash the origin <laughs> and all that stuff. It doesn't get exciting until you get, you've you got to chew through that tough steak to get to dessert. You know what I mean? You got to shoot Uncle Ben. That's it. Once <laughs> Uncle Ben dies, you now shoot we've Uncle got a story. <laughs> Perfect, Joe. You nailed it, bro. You are a good exactly. American. I knew it. <laughs> Joe, what what are your thoughts on that whole scene where Solo officially gets his name? How did you feel about that? Where do you come out? Of I this? thought th- I thought those were the fun moments you guys were talking about. Like those, like, <laughs> like, like that was funny to me. Like, like I like that. Like like going back to what you said. Like since this movie's a prequel, like you know what's gonna happen. Like like in the the previews where they're showing Chewie hanging off the side of the the trainer or whatever going up mm-hmm. to the rock like oh my god is Chewie gonna die like of course not like so like any kind of like like the more serious moments of the film i couldn't take them seriously because i i, I guess that's just a maybe that's just me a symptom of like it being a prequel but like the i at least enjoyed the jokes from the movie but the serious parts i couldn't really take them okay i, I seriously i got a question for you though episode three you love episode three. Yeah. You know Obi-Wan's not going to die during that huge lava battle, but it's your favorite lightsaber battle in the franchise, right? One of my favorite, yeah. What's different from that and Chewie hanging off the side of a train? Uh, okay, one, it's a lightsaber fight. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, points for that, totally, true. yes. <laughs> okay, two, like, 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 there's still an element of the unknown. I know Obi-Wan wins. And Anakin is messed up bad enough to have to live in a life support suit the rest of his life. I don't know how that happens exactly. And I don't know if Obi-Wan intended to kill Anakin and he just survived or if it was some kind of accident. Like, like there's a lot of unknowns there that kept it interesting for me. Plus, the, so you don't know how you got just from to A add, to B. Just to add a little, a little help to you, the choreography of the battle was freaking awesome, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was amazing to watch. The lightsaber battle? Like, I watch it, like, a lot on YouTube. 
<laughs> just that part. I don't have the movie, but I'll watch that part. My favorite parts where they're just flailing the lightsabers, but not actually hitting anything. <laughs> they're Jedi dance fighting. Je- Jedi dance fighting. I will. I. <laughs> Hey, I, I watched that on loop, so don't. Oh, everybody that. watches it on loop. <laughs> that, I watch that, it on loop. That, that makes me laugh so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect cinemagraph. Just. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so no, th- those those generally aren't the parts I think we're talking about when we say it was fun. Yeah, so I, the, the, I guess the fun parts that you guys are talking about, I would consider to be like more. Generic sci-fi, like if you were to take the the Star Wars skin off of it, which you know wouldn't be too hard to do, like you just end up with a pretty meh, like sci-fi movie, and it's more than sci-fi nostalgic. Heist. Yeah, it's just a sci-fi heist. heist. And yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of it's the nostalgia factor that like really makes people enjoy the movie, but the movie itself. Hmm. I don't think it can stand on its own. Oh, I totally agree with that. Everything you just said, I agree with. Wow, you agree. Interesting. It's totally nostalgic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the asteroid theme. Oh my god, it's so cool. It, like that's literally my reaction to a lot of these things. Is it shameless? I mean, I probably, but <laughs> I think I I do think there is a little bit of truth there because we're seeing this movie through the Star Wars lens and through a nostalgia lens without a doubt as without a doubt is that, you know, I I agree. I think if you took away the star Wars aspect, it would be like, okay, there's some guys on a heist and somebody is betraying them. And, you know, there's a couple of twists some people die, but it's a pretty generic plot overall. Um, Okay, I have, I, have a, I have a question for you guys now. Sure. Take that same concept, take the Star Wars skin off, but now do that to uh-huh. Rogue One. Is it still a good war movie? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I agree. It totally is, yeah. <laughs> so- totally. <laughs> so what we're, what we're saying is what we're agreeing on that the script for Solo was just janky. Winks, weak well, sauce. I, you weak know, sauce. And, number one, <laughs> number one, um, we don't have to take the Star Wars skin off. That's the beautiful, no, beautiful thing about That's it. True. That's true. <laughs> and, it, and it's got so much of a Star Wars skin on it that that's one of the major appealing attractions to it. You know, I, that's why I love it. It's so Star Warsy. It feels right. It's comfort food. You know, does it have sustaining yeah. power as a film? <laughs> Probably not. Okay, but. If you want, one of the things that I I repeated, and I think maybe Kat might have even said it first, we were hoping for a good popcorn film. Guess what we got, folks? We got a really good popcorn film. And we were just really hoping that this movie wouldn't suck balls. And it does be watchable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, why th- set your expectations that, that low? Like, right. I just want to be entertained. That's what I want from this movie. And like, that's what we got. As, <laughs> that's what we wanted. Yeah. We but got, like, why not? We got a higher. car chase. 
We got aliens that we haven't seen before. We got uh, the uh, the whole asteroid thing and escaping the giant tentacle creature. We got the whole train heist. <laughs> Always a tentacle creature. Right, so is in there. And this is the <laughs> biggest tentacle, tentacle creature we've seen. That was so epic. <laughs> <laughs> and and we got Star Wars. This movie's amazing just because of that. It's so Star Wars. This movie is so Star Wars. I loved it because of that. So to say, if you take the Star Wars skin off it, yes, of course that does this movie a huge disservice. But guess what? It is so thick with Star Wars skin, we don't have to worry about that. I I mean, I think Joe has an interesting point, though, is that, you know, do, do we want the Star Wars franchise to aim for something bigger and maybe that's a different discussion for a different day but well, but that I mean, isn't the last did i, I aim pretty big point, and you saw though. some people reacted to that, that. that's uh, oh my god right no yeah, no that's <laughs> yeah that's yeah. also the, the last, fair the last jedi joseph hates the last jedi just putting that this, out this this is the this is to me is the opposite of the last jedi okay last yeah. jedi yeah. shook up Safe, everything that we knew comforting. and yeah. solo gave us everything we wanted it was the checklist it was the it was han meets chewy it was han meets lando han wins the falcon it was oh my god he said 12 parsecs you hear that he said right exactly it was all those things it this movie needed to be that and if they'd have strayed away from any of that we'd all be sitting here going well well that's not how han won the falcon that's not how han got the falcon he wanted lando you know, it needed I, to do all that. I don't know stuff. if we'd be doing that. But no, I'm not saying it didn't anyway. need to do that stuff, but I don't. I think the story itself could have been more original. Like like Joe was saying, I don't. I don't think. But it had to the have those. Was, the 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 story needed to start with those components already in place, and it had to weave around those pieces of the puzzle. So I mean, it it automatically because of that had, you know, it was it, we knew it wasn't going to be a great earth-shattering film could it have been better yes do i have ideas of what made could have made it better probably um but at the same time you know it it already had that going against it that it needed to have those those components in it and if they strayed from those components um you might get more backlash than the last jedi did like why even put themselves in that position like if Disney was so set on making a Han Solo film... Hold on. Before you say that, the Solo film was in development long before Disney took over. This movie was already in development. Well, they had no problem throwing out George Lucas' scripts and starting new. This wasn't a George Lucas script. I know, but like... No, he means in reference... To ma- George was talking about uh, making uh, its own sequel trilogy, and no, and he was... You know, this wasn't part of that, obviously. Okay, so what you're saying is they should have thrown out the original script that was in development. Yeah, like if they had right. no problem throwing out George Lucas's okay. scripts, yeah, why why not toss this one too when they acquired the rights? But hey, like, why not? You're right. So, like, to make this because uh, I was getting this from world class bullshitters. They said, <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a great YouTube channel, but <laughs> unfortunate name. But yeah. uh, okay, uh, so what they were saying is like one of the problems with the. Uh, with the Star Wars movie universe right now is that it's not very cohesive. So if they wanted to do a Han Solo film, why don't they do something in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens with Han Solo, Ben as a kid, 
and what happens to Han and Leia after that? That would have been, you know, like it would have been you. We wouldn't have known what would have happened. Well, we, we still would have known something's from Force Awakens, but it would have given us something more fresh and that Disney would have, wouldn't have been put in the position of like this checklist thing going through it. I agree that Disney should maybe stop going back to the time between Revenge and A New Hope with a lot of these. I mean, we're getting the, we're supposedly getting that Obi-Wan one, which has to take place between. Right. But I think moving if forward. They know good for them. <laughs> I, I do agree that we do need to explore other eras through other. Because, I mean, we got Rogue One solo and then Rebels, four seasons of Rebels, all during that same era. Right. We're, we're barely, barely starting to see the time between Jedi and Force Awakens. Well, we're getting that, coming though, right? Fall. We're, yeah. we're, we're getting resistance. But how long did it take? Bit. We're getting how resistance. to get there? And we're, we're also getting the live action TV series as well that take place, takes place in that era. So it's coming. Yes. Got to be patient. Yeah. I just think the like the spin-off film should get away from it a bit. They they should yeah. reinforce what's going on with the main films, not kinda like like a detour kind of thing that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Well see, I don't, I don't know though. I don't this think that this either. film actually Well, and we can we can talk about it as as whether it should, how they should relate to the saga as a whole. But I actually, so while I do have issues with this movie, um, there's also, you know, like you guys have said, there's a lot that I love about this movie. And one of the things I think I love the most about this movie is how it really solidifies Han's character and all these little things that we see of him throughout the original trilogy and getting to see that, you know, like where that comes from. Um eh. here. You disagree? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just yes, leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so like like for example, this is just one thing I've been thinking about today, actually. You know, you get that line from Leia in A New Hope where she says, you know, your friend's a real mercenary. I wonder if he cares about, you know, anything or anybody, you know, beside himself, basically. And it's like you get to see that here that, (laughs) that, you know, Han's like his whole... He does care. I mean, he keeps it wrapped up by the time we get to the original trilogy. You know, it's kind of got that that hard shell around him now. But really, you know, that's kind of the core of who he is. I don't know. I... I liked it. Uh, no, I'm with you, Kat. I, I, you know, we, we're seeing the elements that, that shape his character, you know, that, um, and that is it a little on the original? Is it, is it a little, uh, maybe too forced not to throw a pun in there, but <laughs> at times, um, yeah, it probably is a little forced at times, but, um, but it's necessary to see 
how well, that what do you character mean, force? Is, is 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 composed. Hmm. Uh, I I barely saw this main lead as uh, as Han Solo, like. I'm sure he tried his best, but I just like I thought of them as two different characters, watching the solo film. Uh, just my take on that. Was it an actor thing or a script thing? Probably a little bit of both. Like from what I heard, the the actor like needed like coaching lessons during filming. He did any coaching lessons. Um... All all big movies tend to have acting coaches on them, so because it's a Star Wars movie, people micro focus on on that. But it was more of a more of a the, the previous directors not knowing what to do with the with the character as far as like how to play out a scene. So a few weeks ago, uh, Emilia Clark uh, voiced her frustrations with the original duo, right? Because she would ask him for like character yeah. direction, like, "Hey, how should I act this out? How should I? What's going through the character's head right here?" And apparently, all he would do was tell her, "Femme fatale," you know, he like just act mysterious. Wow. And like that's like her <laughs> quote. That's not a note, dude. <laughs> Femme <Yeah>. fatale. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just be dangerous. So if that if that's the way they were directing like, the character aspect of the film, it was Alden himself, if I remember correctly, that asked for uh, the the coach. Bingo. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's from the George Lucas school of directing, faster and more intense. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but what do I do? Just faster. <laughs> faster, more intense. I mean, yes, obviously, I think some people have a perceived stumbling block between Harrison Ford and Alden Ehrenreich, and maybe for some, you know, they're just never going to be able to overcome that. I thought that Alden did an admirable job. I did too. Of of being young Han. I thought, you know, he's definitely, you know, maybe, maybe over-earnest at this point, given his upbringing. But still, I mean, I thought he was able to give... The character a lot of depth and frankly you know we don't see so much of that in the ot i mean there are glimpses of it but you know definitely in a new hope you know we get butt kiss so um <laughs> you know i thought i thought alden did a great job i did too i, I think i think the han that we saw is not the same han yet that harrison ford played mm-hmm. this is this is a more for sure not. This is a way less jaded, um, um, way more cocky, and and Han Solo is cocky anyway. But this is like <laughs> mm-hmm. he, they ratcheted up the cockiness, you know, a couple levels, which which fits with his age. When I was in my twenties, and when I was in my twenties, I was probably at my most cockiest too, you know. Oh yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and uh, you knew me then. I obviously. Um, cause I was, I was, <laughs> I think he's referencing himself. I was the cock of the walk, baby. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I still am. And, but you know, but now over, <laughs> over time he's become more seasoned and more cynical and, and that sort of thing. So we're getting two different Han solos. It's the same Han, 
but they're at completely different parts of their life. If they make yeah. more solo films, and I hope they do, because I'm hooked now. I want to see the rest of this story play I know. out. You know, I'm writing. I'm writing yeah. a sequel for them. Come in my, on, in my head, <laughs> I'm I'm already going places. You know. And I want to see more. I no, I didn't need a Han Solo backstory film, but now that we have one, I want more of it. Come on! I'm with I'm with you, John. I I feel kind of the same way that this was a movie. I was like, ugh, why are they making this? You know, do we need this movie? Why? Why do we need to see that? And now that I've seen it, I'm like, but I could yeah. see another one. Yes, and I kind of want to see another one, right. which is totally. A hundred percent, not what I expected to come out of the movie. And thinking. I'll give you like, one more. Full stop. I really want a Lando solo film. <laughs> I would, I would watch. I'm two and a half hours of Lando being Lando. So because I thought Donald I, Glover nailed it. I thought Donald Glover was good, but I think I read some astute observations online that. Um, that Lando, Donald Glover's Lando, while good, almost came off as more of an impersonation I agree. than an interpretation. I agree. Which, you know, and I, I definitely, so I, I went back and forth the second time I watched it. Like, I think there are some moments where Donald Glover really turned the, like, Lando up to 11, and it did feel like more of an impersonation. But then there were some other times when he was doing it, and you're like, yes, you know, like, he's really embodying Lando without it being an impersonation of Billy Dee Williams. But in in that Excuse character's p- specific case there had to be a little bit of an impersonation um and i know that that kind of goes against what i was just saying about 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 han but just because of the way that uh billy d williams is maybe the only character that called him han solo so there had to be <laughs> that was that was a, that was a checklist item actually. <laughs> that, yeah, that that had to be that had to I... be had to be part of the film. It had to be. So he I had to impersonate care. that aspect of of Billy D. Williams' performance, you know, and you know, it, and he had to do the same type of suaveness that you know. The Philly D did, you know. That that's true. That's true. Um, but I guess, yeah. At 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 times again, there were there were moments where the acting was, you know, it was it had to be that way. But then there were times where he was just acting, and he was it just yeah. really really into the character, and you can you can see those moments. And I agree. I totally agree. I still think he did a fantastic job. Adrian, what are your thoughts? Um, my biggest gripe is actually the one I'm kind of disagreeing with you guys on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Han, Han didn't change at all for me throughout this entire movie. He started off as this cocky dude wanting a ship and ended the movie as a cocky dude with a ship. 
there was no transition. There was no arc for him to really overcome. That the, even the heartbreak moment that we were all expecting with Kira just ended up being more of like, oh, she's driving away. Right. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, Chewbacca, let's go do this. Right. Sorry, bro. <laughs> there, were, there was no bridging between. So Joe's assessment, and I think what you guys are saying too, of seeing this guy's a different character or a different version of Han, I think is very valid, but there was no bridging to what he would eventually become. That, that feel, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that should have been something in there. Cause now I feel like this should be another movie or something, even though I don't want one other movie. I feel this should be to try and act as a bridge between the two. Cause the character work of this movie was not not good to say the least for me. Again, just for those reasons, he got stuck in this in this mode of I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and guess what? He does do this and does that. Like yeah, what you and Cat were saying, I think uh, that's a really good point. Like Cat was saying, like he starts the movie off earnest despite having a horrible upbringing. And I having an upbringing like that, I think you would have already been like the cynical Han Solo that. Han Solo is in the original trilogy, but like he he's like it's like he's never been exposed to like betrayal or anything like that. When I'm sure you have to be like, you know, like a scumbag to survive in the kind of <laughs> world he was in. And, and yeah, there's like no character development, so it's still like okay, how does Han Solo go from this, uh, you know, like inexperienced uh, newbie to the cynical? Uh, experienced gangster. The one, mo- the one moment I- that was a character moment ended up becoming a meme because he shot first. The moment where he where he ends up shooting his mentor, where he ends up shooting Beckett, should have been a much bigger uh, moment as far as like uh, character goes, as far as like the emotion of the scene went. I laughed in the theater because he shot first <laughs> and he shot in mid sentence. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I. It's like, huh, he shot first. It's like, good going, kid. I would have killed you. And I just got nothing from that. I mean, I do see what you're saying. And I don't totally disagree. I guess from my perspective is that, and and maybe that's just part of the, I mean, it could be a larger problem with this movie, But, like, I guess for me, like, I can see the seeds of where, you know, where Han Solo is going to go and how he's going to get that way. Um, And, you know, kind of arrive at that cynical, self-serving, you know, hard shell mercenary that we see in the OT. Um, But shouldn't the... Shouldn't the backstory for this character have done more than just plant the seeds for something that's gonna happen? I, well, I guess it depends on what story you're trying to tell. So, you know, like for me, I'm okay with it because I see the seeds and then I can kind of make up my own headcanon yeah. of what I think. Yeah. You know, I can kind so of, I it see where yourself. it's going to yeah. go. I'm writing it out for myself. For <laughs> so, so, so that brings up, that brings up a very but, good point. Maybe the issue with, with the character of solo is less about the way it was acted and more about the way it was written. Yes. I think Alden did a fine job. I, I liked him as solo. He did, he did what he could with it, I think. And, 
I, I guess just to shorten my my point, this is the story of a, about how Han got his stuff and his dog. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what it ultimately comes down to for yeah, me. Yeah, sure. He got the Falcon. He got his blaster. He got his dog. He did the Kessel Run. He, he did the Kessel Run. Yeah. He got his he got his record. Yeah, the Kessel Run. He did the twelve parsec thing. Yeah. How Han Solo got his stuff. Right. Nice little afternoon in Han Solo's life. No, you're you're not wrong. To be fair, I mean but Chewbacca okay. is 190, right. so isn't it? Shouldn't it be that Chewbacca got his dog because <laughs> <laughs> monkey? Okay. <laughs> Score one for cat. You know what I? You know what I mean? Yeah. I I'm teasing. If, if the movie was side. called if the movie was called Chewie instead of Solo, I'd say it's the movie about how Chewbacca got his human. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I would go see that movie because oh, che- we all would. Chewbacca <laughs> to me, every time he was on screen, the movie got better and better. Yeah, che- you know? che- Chewie stole the show for me. Like, straight yeah. up. I love the twist with him in the fighting pits. That part was probably my favorite part. That, of the movie. That's like, the fight. Feed him to the beast, and then it's like it's Chewie. Like, hey, he's like, hey, everybody, <laughs> woo! He's like down in the fighting pits. Like, who else did he murder in there? <laughs> Dude, that yeah. has eaten people. <laughs> no, I hope we, I hope we get that backstory movie. Yeah, no that wonder he gets like along more interesting with Ewoks movie. so well. Wookie yeah. Fight Club. <laughs> no, but here's here's the thing, though. Okay, so so the movie, it was, it was there was a void of character growth, and and I think that's that's true with almost every character in the film. I mean, nobody really grew. You know, I guess you could argue Kira showed some growth because she went yeah. from from the yeah. little street rat uh, well, to even even but yeah even then even, we, even we that, skipped over all that and then yeah you're right we keep being told how much of a dark past she's had oh the things she's done right oh, we kept no. being told that but they don't seem to haunt her in any way she's all trying on caves all so we have to really, make it really up in her head woo. totally agree yeah yeah and then but her you... big moment well is now forever tied to darth maul spoilers yeah. because <laughs> yeah because oh that's cool for hardcore fans, because that makes sense to hardcore fans. My mom was so confused. Like, didn't he die in the first one? Too many so people here I are. go and filling in the, that's the holes. That's another one of my big issues of this film, well, which was okay, one of my immediate yeah, reactions, we, was... Can we... Yes? Can we come back? Can we put a pin in Darth Maul for... Okay. And, and come visit, revisit this in a little yeah, bit? Yeah, because I'm sure uh, Matt will have opinions on that, wa- too. Yes, yeah, I do, oh, I and I Matt do, and I have a lot us. of opinions on that. Too. Yeah, <laughs> but but I want I want to talk about Kira um, for a little bit, um, and I agree there was a lot of tell but don't show mm-hmm. with Kira in regards to like her her deep dark past. But I would argue that. I mean, I think we do see her at the end, especially, and I mean throughout when her her character her character is on screen, um, you know, kind of trying to. What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, I think she's definitely trying to protect Han, and you know, she's not maybe proud of what she did, but I guess I saw the end of excluding Maul altogether, but I guess what what I took away from her story 
was more that here she was gaining a measure of control back over her life. Like she's still ultimately screwed, you know, she's in it deep. <laughs> she's not going to get now. out. Yeah. She's pretty. Screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people say that but, lightsaber moment was useless. Uh, it's, it was a threat. He ignited it as a threat, but like, sorry, but it, that's a pin. But, but my, my point is, is that at least now, like she's gained one more measure of control over her fate. You know, it's not up to boss now. Though? It's what has it though? Well, that what's that guy's name? Dryden Vice or Voss? Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss. Vision. Just call him Vision if you okay, want. Okay, Voss. <laughs> Dryden Vision. Yeah. Dryden Vision. Dryden Paul Bendish. <laughs> Jarvis. Call him Jarvis. Jarvis. Uh, like he seemed. Pretty manipulative and controlling, and I think getting away from that was definitely a step up. Darth Maul seems more like a hands-off kind of boss. Like as long as you until don't until you screw him. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, she, the minute she, you st- sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was gonna say the minute she would step over the line, you know, she'd be dead. But, exactly. But at the same time, you know. That that will be, I guess, I guess in a sense that's ultimately on her, as opposed to like if Voss, you know, being in charge of Crimson Dawn just on a whim is like, yeah, I'm tired of you, you know, you're whatever, um, you know, yeah, just we're done, you know, take her away, kill her, or I'm gonna kill her. I mean, so like she's got, she at least has that, you know, if she messes it up. You know, it's. I guess it's on her. But yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm just saying. She traded in the lease from a guy that she was able to actually defeat in a fight to a former Sith Lord that will not hesitate at all to take her out if need be. She's playing the. What is it? Oh, damn! I was going to make a Game of Thrones reference. Totally forgot it. The great game now. <laughs> the great game now. <laughs> She's little finger. She's yeah. She's little finger. Exactly. Yes. Um. Yeah, uh, tra- getting some aspect of control back. I, I just don't see it that way. I-, I think she lost even more control. It's an illusion of more control because she's in charge now. But I mean, just look at who she's answering to. I mean, I, I think it's a it's a longer it's a longer leash, but the collar tighter. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. I'm and sticking I mean- with that. <laughs> <laughs> there was an analogy there. I think you're like. Kind it's of- there. It's there. <laughs> Well, she extended I, the leash I mean, with cider now. There you go. Continue. I, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think you're wrong. You know, I just think from her point of view, like what else was she gonna do? And so, by killing Voss, she protects Han, and she gains a small measure of control over her life. No, I I agree. You know? with, I, I'm gonna side with you on this cat because I I think you're right. I think. I think in the moment that uh, that Voss died, that was her um, her having a moment to affect Han. I mean, she obviously still has feelings for him, and this is her way of getting him out of the picture. And now when she goes to Maul, now she knows that, okay... That part of the that door of my life is closed. The Han Solo door of my life is closed. I'm stuck 
now being the number two under the big crime boss here, Darth Maul. And, you know, I'll, I, I'm, you know, I've, I've, the control that she had, she gave to Han and she gave that up when she let him escape. That's the way I see it. Agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I mean, so I, I'm hoping that we get more Kira backstory and maybe some of the expanded materials. Um, and I I have picked up Most Wanted, which is the book right. written by Ray Carson, which is set before the movie. So um, when when Han and Kira are kind of, you know, scum rats working for Lady Proxima. So um, I'm hoping we get a little bit more there. Um and maybe later, like if we get a comic or something, that'd be cool. So you want a book to make the movie better? No, I, I want like honestly, like the last like ten minutes were like the best thing to come out of the movie. Like, like I'm not really interested in Han Solo, but I want to see where Kira and Darth Maul go. But you can't have Han Solo in that movie because that would kind of conflict with what was established in. The original trilogy, like he thinks of the force as magic, but if he went head to head with Darth Maul, it's oh, real. Oh yeah, no Han, yeah. Han and Darth Maul never get together. And Adrian, I'm not saying that I want a book to make the movie better because, I mean, I like the movie. It's not pro- okay. Maybe I do want a book to make the movie better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but but you know. I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say necessarily to make it better, but I mean, you know, to me, the books just help flesh out and expand things. I mean, I feel this way about, you know, reading Bloodlines for TFA or reading Catalyst for <laughs> and Rebel Rising yep. for Rogue One. Like, right. yep. you know, they help you, they you, help flush things out. You can say all the collateral Go. material around the movies really help make all the movies a better film. So, yeah, that's what she wants. She wants yeah. more collateral material to make this film better. Because that's what we do with Star Wars movies in the collateral material. Makes it more oh, yeah. enjoyable. I'm not, I'm, I'm not disagreeing there. Okay, so like Catalyst for Rogue One. I, I love Catalyst. And I'm so glad he read it before I watched the movie. But it's removed enough from the film and told a different enough story that Rogue One didn't necessarily become better because of it for me, if that makes sense. Like if I never read the Catalyst, I would have enjoyed Rogue One the same, probably the same regardless. level. Just regardless, yeah, that's how it should have been. I think that's one of the complaints I have, like with the Star Wars franchise right now. Like going into Force Awakens, I had this, uh, I guess, argument with Adrian. Going into Force Awakens, <laughs> you're like, okay, why is there a First Order? I thought like the Empire was destroyed. They looked pretty done. And, like, the movie didn't really kind of explain that. It didn't explain where Snow came from. I thought we were going to get answers in Last Jedi, but oh, we didn't. Okay. Then in Last Jedi, after they took out Starkiller Base, like, they're losing. And, like, the last of their fleet is trying to escape. Like, how? Where's the consistency? And, like, apparently you had to read, like, the Extended Universe stuff to make sense of that. 
which I thought was a lot of like. Well, the Empire wasn't losing when the Death Star blew up. It's not like they were all there. You just took out the leader, or you took out the president, the military commander, and you destroyed their nuclear arsenal. Like the country is like pretty, or like in. No, the, dude. Yeah, they took out Circular Base, but before that, they took out the entire Republic. And their fleet. But then they still destroyed Starkiller Base. Like, yeah, where's, they still, where's they still, all these resources They still had a from? fleet of Star Destroyers. And, dude, they weren't all centered there. That, that's why they're still losing. Because, yeah, it was like a good victory, but they pretty much lost everything else. That was all that was left. That still doesn't explain where the First Order is getting all of these resources from. Like, Again, where did Snow come from? He seems like oh, who cares? <laughs> like who cares? <laughs> I care more about okay. this than like s- how Solo got his dog. Okay, these are like very <laughs> relevant questions. Very important. I was waiting to the for future. this to pop up. All yeah. right, but 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 anyway, I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> to to bring it back, bring it back. Yeah, bring it, somebody um, bring this back. <laughs> yeah, you know, I. <laughs> I, when we've had this conversation before is that you shouldn't have to read the books to like the movie should stand on its own. And we've had this discussion before and I do agree, but I, you know, I like having the books as ways to flesh out things that we don't necessarily get to see on screen. So obviously like stuff with Kira, you know, we didn't get to see any of that on screen because it wasn't her story. It was Hans. So, you know, if they make more expanded material that helps flush them out, flush that out, great. I'm totally okay with that. Just like I would love to get some more expanded material on Enfys Nest because yeah. she was badass yeah. and I love her so much. And space I Aria, need you more. mean? I need lots more. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, space, well. Space Aria, Enfys Nest. <laughs> The leader of the tribe, like Cloud Riders, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The Cloud, yeah, yeah. The the Marauders. See, like I didn't even get her name in the movie. Where's her name coming from? Infus Nest. They said it like throughout the whole film. Yeah, they really? said a bunch it's, of times. Yeah, they said it a bunch of times. Oh yeah. my bad. Yeah, they did. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a Welsh name. Um, Infus Nest. Infus Nest. En- like Infus Nest. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awkward name. It is, but it's <laughs> it's not like it's not like. Jane, <laughs> Jane, Jane Star Rider, or anything like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, your last name is Nest, right? Nest. Yeah. <laughs> and your your first name sounds like a sneeze. Enfys. <laughs> uh, really, Enfys? Yeah. Again, I, it, just the character work in this film so, didn't do it enough for me. Yeah, so so did anyone, throwing it out there, did anyone think when she took off her helmet and revealed that she's actually this young girl, did anyone think that was leading up to the revelation that she was Beckett and Val's daughter, or was that just me? Whoa, where did mm, that was just you? I didn't think that didn't cross my mind at all. It crossed mine. It crossed really? mine. It because totally crossed mine. It 
it it quickly it quickly decided that that was not actually the case, but it does make me wonder. And Adrian, you know, you're talking about the character work in the film. Yeah, you know, it does make me wonder if that was an idea that got scrapped, and so then it's kind of like this awkward. It feels like it should be this big revelation, if but it doesn't really go anywhere. I'll, I'll do you one better. I thought okay. that maybe for a split second it could be. Saw Guerrero's sister. Oh, she did. She died. She died in the Clone Wars. Yeah, but I mean, but what? I I don't know where in the timeline I guess that story fell. So she's been dead for a long time. Yeah, I guess you're right. She would have been gone long before then. But she she was dead by the time of episode three. You know, Stila. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Stila. I will. I will say that if if it was her his daughter. And he knew that the entire time, and still tried to offer to for the sake of the job. Right. Yeah, it would have <laughs> added a layer to his character. Like, okay, what a yeah. scumbag! And He's even the daughter's trying to kill him too. Like, can you blame her? <laughs> okay, no, but like, it, it just. I obviously I okay, okay. This little discussion we're having on this "what if" is already a lot more interesting than any of the character work in the movie. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. This would have been a lot more interesting. I don't know about the age thing because, like. How well, long did, like, they're they're in their forties and she looks like she might be like late teens or early twenties. It's, it's possible, dude. It's possible. Yeah. Um, it's possible. How long I did mean, they know each other though? I don't well, know. we don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not at all spelled out except for the fact that they apparently do. It's, um, it's totally possible, by the way, because I'm in my late forties and I've got kids that are one's turning twenty six this year, so it's possible. There you go. Yeah. yeah it's t- <laughs> My youngest Sorry. just turned so, 21. My youngest daughter just turned 21. There dang. you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, Kat, so, happy birthday, by the way. Yes! Yeah! <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank happy you. Happy birthday, speaking of birthdays. <laughs> happy birthday, Kat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, I totally made a so, note of that somewhere, but I guess it fell off because I don't see it anymore. Well, you remembered, so you, you scored <laughs> well, the points you. anyway. A lot later in the game than Thank I wanted you. to, but yeah, yeah sorry, right. yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, but, I mean, I I loved the introduction of Enfys Nest, and the fact that she's out there kind of, it seems like, aiding the rebellion in yeah. some way. Yeah, she is. Um, I think, I feel like there's a lot of stories, spinoff stories, that they you know, where they could take that and tie that in. Plus, so she looked cool as hell. Yes. Yeah. yeah it was really a badass cool fighter. Yeah. I liked her in the movie way more than I liked her in the previews. In the previews, I looked at her and went, eh. But seeing it in action, I was like, okay, all right. I get it. I dig it. Let's go with I it. Think the, I think the music had a lot yeah. to do with that because you, their you theme might was pretty be right. epic. You <laughs> might be right. I think you might be right. It really added a layer to it that that made that character so cool. Just looking at it, you know. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, I mean, they did a they did a good job in the previews. Sorry, and then we'll move on. They did a good job in the previews, not revealing how big a part she would actually play. Yeah. 
in the movie. So that was, I for me, that was a pleasant surprise because it kind of seemed from the previews, you know, she might just kind of be like a one and done villain, like just an obstacle to get through. And while, you know, in a sense she was that, there was also a lot more to it. So... Red herring glad, called it. I'm glad that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm I'm glad her role ended up being more fleshed out than say a Phasma or mm-hmm. Boba Fett. Yep. Oh. Yep. Slightly oh, more. It, I'll give you guys that one. No, no, no. Like I, I really like those characters. A lot more. You like the idea I, of the characters. The idea of the characters, but what they do with them was pretty sad. But yeah, like yeah. I thought, like what's her name? Emphis Nest. Emphis yeah. Nest. I, I hated her until the reveal. I thought, like, just generic villain. Whoa, 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 we need the hall. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. But yeah. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, the real reveal fleshed it out. I'm like, oh, she's actually, like, you know, trying to get back at the man. And, you know, I really do wish now that she was his daughter. That would have been. That that would have been good. It really made Woody Harrelson. But he knew. Scumbag. But he knew it was. He keeps calling her Infus Nest the whole time, like, like they're enemies and not my daughter. It's like that. Uh. Right. <laughs> right. Damn it. All right. Freaking script. Anyway, it just <laughs> anyway, it's yeah. it's something that briefly crossed my mind, and I was just crossed mine too. You know. Yeah. And quickly, I decided that wasn't true. But it it does bring up a point that, like, maybe they had initially, you know, thought about that. And then it kind of got dropped because it it was a little awkward, even though I I still loved it. Well, and plus, you know, in Star Wars fandom, we want everybody to be related. So at least maybe (laughs) maybe she's Finn's mom. So true. I don't know. So true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Let's I really want to talk more about the Darth Maul situation. Uh um, yes, and I, I want to take starting to all approach of, all the of end your of our opinions time. on the Darth Maul reveal, and then I'll give mine. Um and let's just turn things right over to our guest, Joe. What what was your feelings about what are your feelings about the uh the reveal of the 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 shadowy figure? pulling all the strings in the background. Honestly, I thought it was freaking dope, but uh, like he had more lines <laughs> <laughs> in that like what? 10 second scene than he had in the entire episode one. It was a little jarring. Yeah. Like I, I, I knew from like the extended universe, he survived and got like new legs. Uh, he went through a lot of pairs of legs. He went through a lot of pairs of legs. <laughs> You're really changing them out like pairs of shoes or whatever. Well, he yeah. started with six pairs or or three pairs, right? Yeah. Or four pairs, rather. They're, okay, right? so he had his original organic fleshy legs, right. and he had these dope-ass spider legs. Right, eight. eight then he had eight, eight legs there. Then he had a battle droid legs. Like monster right? legs, yeah. yeah. The chicken legs were not. The chicken fun. legs. <laughs> And then he got like the actual prosthetics. Like, oh hey, looking good, Darth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. work it. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was pretty cool. So like, that might have not come to me as much of a shock as uh, Adrian's mom, but yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. Like, oh okay, now I'm really interested in a in a sequel with I wouldn't call it Solo Two, but it'd be picking up like with these characters except Han Solo. I'm actually kind of interested for that more so than mm-hmm. episode nine, but that's another story. 
<laughs> All right, Cat Ray, your thoughts about Maul? Oh yes, thoughts. Um, I have I have two. I am I am conflicted. My first thought was, "Holy crap, that's amazing!" Uh, and I loved it. My second thought is that what? Well, okay, two. This is two part. One. I really wish that they hadn't used his lightsaber because I don't I don't really think it was necessary and I think it kind of like in a movie that really wasn't anything to do with the force and fourth users and the Sith and the Jedi I didn't really need that personally but my my other problem with having Maul make his appearance here is that if you haven't watched the Clone Wars and you haven't watched Rebels and you, you know, were going in completely unprepared, you're going to be like, WTF, this guy died in The Phantom Menace. How is he still alive? And so while it's cool from like the Uber fanboy stance of like, hey, like this is all interconnected, I think it could also be really off-putting to more casual fans that make up a large part of the Star Wars fandom. You know, they enjoy the movies, but they're not necessarily watching the animated shows or reading the comics or the books. And it might be off-putting to be like, where the heck did he come from? How did he survive? Why is he in this movie? So while I loved it, I also, and I do think it's cool that they're trying to tie all these things in together. I also could see it as being slightly off-putting or really confusing to people who aren't necessarily as familiar. How about you, Adrian? What are your thoughts? Um, pretty similar, actually. Uh, my initial gut reaction, uh, it, Joe can verify this. Uh, like, what? Yeah, like, that's what I said, right? Just, <gasps> I think I did that in the theater as soon as he started talking because I totally, I, it's Sam Witwer. I totally recognized yeah. the voice. I'm like, yeah, no freaking <laughs> way. And Ray Park. I, I think I even... Yeah, I think I even looked at you, right? Like, I'm like, what? What are you? Why are you looking at me? Like, what's so important? And then, like, <laughs> like oh, oh, that's what's important. <laughs> Hello there. I, I thought like it was like another book character or something. Like, okay, no, no. So, <laughs> initial good reaction was a gasp, and then disbelief, and then when he actually stood up and took the hood off, I'm like, oh my god! Like, I got chills as yeah. a Star Wars uber freak. Like, oh my god, because I. Make, to make the compare another Marvel comparison, I think Lucasfilm is actually doing a better job than Marvel as far as connecting everything. Because mm. if you look at Marvel's movies, their Netflix shows and their uh, network shows, they all feel completely different. They don't feel like they're in the same uh, universe. They don't yeah. inhabit anything. Yeah, it's let not, alone not the, a terribly co- cohesive universe. Um, you could argue that Shield kind of comes <laughs> in and yeah. out, um, but I don't feel like the Avengers are part of. They're not uh, of the Defenders universe, for example. <laughs> they just don't feel right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Whereas with Star Wars, again, I think that Maul thing is a perfect example of that. Just because, again, to us, it makes sense based on what we've known from Maul in the Clone Wars and uh, and Rebels. The books do a great job of filling in some stuff too. So, again, great connectivity there. Detaching myself from those emotions, though. It doesn't work, like at all, just because we saw that character die beforehand. 
And I yeah. like I kept on saying, I think many times throughout this episode, like while we've been recording, novels, comics, video games, great enhancing material. Not supporting. He shouldn't need to support the the films with all this extra uh, material. It's, it essentially ends up being homework for casual fans that care enough to actually go into it just to make sense of it. If you you should be able you should want to go into it to enhance it to like oh that that's interesting and that makes sense to me I want to know more not what the frick okay I guess I gotta watch this now to make sense of this yeah watch that's a good that's shows. a very valid point right so I don't know what decision I would have gone with do I serve the universe or do I serve the audience and which part of the audience do I want to serve so there's a lot of factors that. Would that are you know you need to take into consideration? So I don't know what I would have done. Um, as far as the lightsaber things go goes, I think he was threatening her with the whole "we're gonna be working a lot more closely together." Zap! He ignites it. That's that was more of a show of like, hey, yeah, you're in, but don't mess with me. Yeah, yeah. And don't I cross me. But don't yeah. you cross well, me? Yeah. Because he, he knows more- he knows that what happened to Voss. <laughs> Oh, I don't doubt that. I think it was more like, hey, remember this guy? And he had this really cool lightsaber. Yeah, it's that guy that had the really cool lightsaber. He's now, I and I can see that. Was, and I can yeah, see that. Yeah, there, like, there's, there's been a, a lightsaber in every Star Wars film. Like, even the, you got to have it. I will say, though, I love that it was his rebel saber. That, that's just yeah. that attention to the detail there was. was great. Perfect. It was perfect. It's like, hey, there it is. Yeah. Darth Maul's lightsaber yes. in live action. Perfect. I love it. Okay, so here's my thoughts on it. I hated it that it was Maul. I hate I hated that it was Maul. Um I mean I see why they, they wanted it to be Maul, but I think we mm-hmm. we could have easily have been just as well served with uh Prince Zizor from uh <laughs> I know, yeah, more Shadow of the Empire video. Shadow of the Ooh. Empire, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 more homework. From the comic series that it's, came out in 1996. It's more homework for, like you said, for people <laughs> to go, oh, wait, yeah. who is that? I don't even know who that was. But it serves the same exact purpose. Um, but but you don't need, you don't have, the, the one thing that that would have in its favor over using Maul is you don't have people going, wait a minute, he died already. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. So Okay, fair mm-hmm. point. It's, so that moment then goes from being, wow, really cool. They're reintroducing this character to more than half of the audience going, WTF? I So do you guys, so we, at least Adrian, John, and I, and I guess Joe, if you were with Adrian, so we all saw it opening night, correct? Yeah. yeah. How did your theaters react to that revelation were there a lot of people going like who 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 was that the row in front of us i don't know if you noticed joe but they started whispering yeah. I, I think there's a bit of a selection <laughs> bias there like the people going opening night are the most hardcore that, okay yeah. that's yeah. okay fair fair that's yeah. also a good point i mean because at least personally 
it, in my theater, a lot of people were like, whoa, you know, there was definitely, yeah, like, it, it got a reaction. And, and I think it got more of the like, oh, holy cow, I, you know, I can't believe they brought this guy back as opposed to like, I mean, there, and there were some people afterwards were like, wait, didn't that guy die? Yeah. Why is, why is he alive? I yeah. mean, but yeah. I think overall, <laughs> walking in my out, theater, someone it was, was like, explaining it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, in fact, I heard that's people talking about every, it. everyone's <laughs> conversation was about that moment. Okay, well, you out. see in season yeah. season four of the Clone Wars series, uh, it turns out uh, Darth Maul's brother goes looking for him, and yeah, I heard a lot of that kind of. <laughs> which, uh, which Adrian, by the way, to, to be is, fair, I I I almost heard that conversation leaving the movie theater. <laughs> which, by the way, to me was the other reason why they ignited the lightsaber, so that you knew that it was, was him. That it's Maul, it's not another Zebrak or whatever that race yeah. is, you know? You unmistakably Brack. know that's Maul because of that lightsaber, you know? That's true. Okay. Yeah. Fair point. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, 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 I think even using Jabba or Greedo or Boba Fett or anybody. Greedo. Boba Fett. But Zizor or Zizor or whatever his name is, I think would have been a cool move. Um. Uh, honestly, just about anybody except a Sith, a dead a character, true Sith, <laughs> especially a dead true Sith, you know, or an ex true uh, Sith. Like with the Zizor character, like I would have just been like, "Is this supposed to be dramatic?" Because like I have no idea who this guy is. This no, this you, is kind of like a weak conclusion, right? Yeah, no. he's a dark. And, and you know, all you would have needed to know is it's a shadowy gangster figure. That's all you needed to know, right? But now it was like that in like, the script, from my understanding, for the longest time, just boss until yeah. the last second they put in Maul. Yeah, and I guess there were two people that were really pushing for it to be Maul, and one of them was the director, Ron Howard. And uh, I guess uh, John Kasdan mm. was really pushing for that as well. Yeah, that that made me more hyped for a sequel than Zizor would have. Like, uh, I... Sure. Uh, I wouldn't have cared, I think. Yeah. You know, another good example. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna I was just gonna say, yeah, not 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 for me. I thought it, it, it poses more questions. Um and it does direct people to go. I mean, it, it seemed like okay, you wanna find out how Maul live? <laughs> go check out Clone Wars. Go check out Rebels, you know. Right. Nudge. It, it, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it seemed too in your face to me. Mm. So another thing I hated about the film. Anyway, well, Adrian, anyway, you were well hold on. What was your gut reaction, though? Like your first I, initial, because I don't, what you're talking about kind of. Oh, it was like, whoa. Exactly. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's when he started it thinking like, about whoa. it that you're like, huh? <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. And then once it sunk in, I was like, I don't like that. Like that. <laughs> For sure. I don't like that. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. I can, I can see why. Yeah. I, I don't think any of us are wrong in our assessments of that. Well, it's all opinion. Right I think you're right. You know what I mean, Joe? <laughs> we're, we're, we all have valid points with supporting material. And again, I, I don't think there was a right answer to that because it was just set up as such a big reveal. But if it was just like a book character, like Joe's saying, he wouldn't have known or cared if it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and yeah, my my other thought was like, my wife still hasn't seen this movie. And when she sees that 
scene. Now I'm going to have to try to explain that to her. No, he's actually, you know, that, that was my whole perspective is when Kimmy sees this, we're going to have to have this whole conversation (laughs) and she's never going to watch the clone wars. Even one episode, she's not going to, she's not going to get into it. I know she's not, you know? So it's like, I know that that will always be one of the things about that film. I wanted that film to be so much better than it was. And it was for what it was, it was great. Um, but I wanted it to be better than it was. So I am a little disappointed in the film. And like I said, it's not a perfect movie. But to me, that was one of the big things that was just like, oh, uh, that's going to ruin it for a lot of people. Because now there's this whole, wait a second, aspect to it. So, whereas anybody else, you wouldn't have that. You know, it would just would have been a shadowy figure. I just want to point out my sister's reaction. Yeah, she, she didn't and, go with us opening night because okay. she was being responsible and doing school stuff. But we went again uh, that, that weekend, right? For her. Ugh, and I gotta lame. say, I love her reactions to it because yeah. she's a very, very, very casual. I think even more casual than Joe. Much more casual than Joe, actually, fan. Like, she gets really into it, right? But she doesn't, like, dwell on it afterwards. The Beckett's betrayal reveal when he walks in after Vasa kind of... That whole, that whole bit? Like, I started laughing because yes, she just made yeah. a raspberry just when he walked in. It's like she was so <laughs> underwhelmed. She was like, okay. And like I started laughing. And then with Maul, I was like, what the fuck? Like I heard her say it under her breath. Just <laughs> really <yeah>. wow. <laughs> then she looks at me. All right. He he's alive, right? I think he told me that once. He he dies in Clone Wars or something, right? Like actually he dies in Rebels. Yeah. Like, oh, same thing. Yeah. So uh, the underwhelmed nature of my sister, who is an uber geek. That's funny. I would argue, well, not an uber geek, but she's pretty geeky. Was very underwhelmed by a lot of it, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this just goes to show you. Well, we could certainly go on talking on and on about this film. Um, and, and we will. And we, and we will. And we we're, we're gonna, will. Our, our second In guest never episode. showed up, so we'll obviously have an episode with him coming up uh, shortly. Uh, Matt, would you stand us up, you freak? Anyway, um, I have trust issues what, now. What, what, <laughs> what I'd like to do is is go around um, um, the group here, and let's end on something positive. Let's all end with our very favorite thing about this film, and I think we should start with Joe. Okay, I, what's your very favorite thing about? Solo. I think I contradicted myself, but I really like the Chewie reveal and fight, and also the Darth Vader reveal. Darth Maul. Or Darth Vader. Yeah, Darth Maul. My bad. Yeah, those those two things, like... (laughs) Oh, they're all darts. One of those guys. They got the red sword. They're all named Darth. Dark side, dude. They all have red lightsabers. Same thing. Yeah, it was... Like like you said, it it was a fun movie, so... That, that's my positive comment. Good choices. Cat Ray? Ooh. Um, well, despite my issues with this movie, um, yeah. some of which we haven't even touched on yet, but I, ooh, my favorite, God, it's kind of, it's kind of hard. 
Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the Enfys Nest reveal because I think that's a really intriguing character that they've introduced, and I hope we see more of her. And Adrian? Mm. For I love the shameless fan service. You know, like you said earlier, it's it, this is like comfort food. It's junk food. So you're just going to go all out. And for me... I, I love I love the Kessel Run sequence. The music was awesome. The yeah. the yeah. Tie Fighter mm-hmm. bit was awesome. Mm-hmm. So as oh god yeah yeah so just <laughs> for the for, the, for that. that for the fan service throughout that whole sequence it I, I would pick that. But I also gotta say that Chewie's big beast reveal is a close second because that whole scene was just. It's just fun. I just, the stormtroopers just kind of like, oh yeah, bet you ten credits, so you won't yeah. last another minute. <laughs> oh, Han already knows how to speak Wookie. Okay, Sri Wook. So, all right, sure, why not? But yeah, just the fan service seat parts and definitely the Kessel Run. Yeah, and I think for me, um, it's every time Han and Chewie are on the screen together at the same time. Um, it, mm. It's just magical. And in, in, in particular, that very, very last scene of the film where it's them in the Falcon and they're about to start their life together was just <laughs> cl- classic, <laughs> classic Han and Chewie. And just absolutely, you know, both times I saw it, I loved that scene, and the second time even more so. Um, I just uh, that that last part of the film is my favorite part of the film. Just absolutely loved it, and uh, and the movie as a whole, I loved. It's not the best Star Wars movie. It's not the best Star Wars movie that's come out since Disney took over. Um, but to say that it's the worst Star Wars movie is not even close either. Um, I mean, it's a good film, and I loved it. And um, and I think we all did in, in varying degrees. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sure, yeah. I guess. I like Darth Maul. All right. <laughs> that, that, oh, gosh, I like yeah. the red flashy stick. I wanted to end positive. You had to bring that back up. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. He's not. That's right. Uh, he's not really sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Right? Um, all right. That's going to do it for another great episode of this wonderful podcast, which I enjoy doing with uh, uh, with Adrian and Cat Ray and now Joe. Good to meet you, brother. Uh, Joe, where can people find you on social media if they want to uh, discuss this episode even further? Uh, I'm not really on social media. It's just under a rock. Yeah. I, I like my rock. Okay. But but it's been fun, like seeing like how a podcast that, works behind the scenes. Dude. It's been pretty interesting. Cool. cool. <laughs> Adrian, where can the good Star Wars fans find Stay us? Stay safe. Uh, the good Star Wars fans and the bad ones too, I guess. Huh? <laughs> can uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast <laughs> and on our website, forcefanpodcast.com. Uh quick note, we just ended we ended our uh, giveaway uh, during release weekend, the Monday. And we will be announcing the winners this Thursday when this episode is out. 
So keep an eye out for that. Uh, thank you to everyone that participated and uh, applied. Uh, yeah. If you want to connect with me directly, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. And if you do have any questions for Joe for some reason, <laughs> you can go ahead and just give them to me and I'll make sure he gets them. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> <Works for me. laughs> and Cat Ray, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cat You can Ray. find me on Twitter and Instagram at that John Fred or my Facebook page, John K. Frederick, or rocking Eugene in Springfield on 96.1 KZL <laughs> uh, with my buddy, Mark Rainey, uh, 96KZEL.com is the website. So, um, once again, uh, a big thanks to our sponsor, Radar Toys, for supplying us with the great Funkos for the giveaway. We really do appreciate that, and we'll have uh, we'll have more stuff to give away as as the podcast grows and gets bigger. Uh, we've got more exciting things in store for everyone. Um, and uh, on behalf of of myself and Adrian and Cat Ray and Joe, uh, thanks for. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for giving us a download. And, uh, you know, if you had a good time, you know, share your experience on social media. Maybe give us a thumbs up on our Facebook page or an, a nice iTunes review. Oh, we'd certainly appreciate that. That's going to do it for another great episode. May the force be with you. And then some. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.